0: Who, who won't let
1: the dogs
0: out? Well, the party was nice. The party was pumping, hey, yeah. and everybody having a hey, on. Welcome hey, back, everybody, to Sticks and Go Sports morning. Podcast. My name is Derek Sutherland. I am here in Richmond, Kentucky, on Wednesday night. I'm joined with Not Sticks this week. He got busy uh, with some work stuff. I'm joined with my good buddy Trey Markham up in Lexington. How's it going, Trey? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. You excited to be on your first podcast? I am indeed. I'm excited. You're big time now, Trey. You officially <laughs> made it in the sports world. All right, Trey, before we hop into stuff, uh, go ahead and give the people a little bit of your background. I know uh, you played basketball. You're uh, what, what What was your major at Eastern? You went to Eastern with Sticks and I.
1: Yeah, so I went to EKU for about <clears throat> five years. First year of college, played ball at Union um, I ended up majoring in exercise and sports science, um, graduated with a bachelor's in general studies, went back for a year, got my master's in exercise and sports science. So
0: yeah, and I, enjoyed... I know you, you did a little bit of work with, uh, the EKU basketball team, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to be there for the first year of coach Hamilton's career at EKU. Um, I, I knew the guy I had a bright future there and it's really paying off really showing now.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're EKU's rolling bro
1: I know I mean best start since the 1952-53 season I believe 11 and 2 I mean that's what,
0: that's what I'm saying I, I know you and I are both big UK fans but I don't know that I want to see UK play uh, Eastern right now I think it would be bad for UK <laughs> I, really, I do too man and that's something I never thought I'd hear you know <laughs> right I mean just the way he plays
1: full court press in your face the whole game I think he's going to be really successful and
0: yeah, he seems like, like he's I doing said, everything right right now. I know Eastern's ranked as far as mid-majors go, like top 20 right now. So,
1: Yeah, you know, and they have that good. freshman guard. He had 30 points two games ago, and he's top 10 in the nation right now as far as assists go. So,
0: yeah, he's definitely stud. definitely looking good. And like I said, big U.K. fans over here. But, uh, you know, it's actually good to be doing the podcast with a U.K. fan. I'm so sick of Sticks' Ohio State, North Carolina <laughs> junk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely
1: a diehard Cats fan over here. Been a rough, been a rough start to the year, but yeah. Now, like we'll see I mentioned,
0: Sticks is out this week. Uh, we just couldn't get our schedules to line up. Uh, we wanted to do this. We wanted to do the. We had an NCAA championship show planned to put out before the game. Uh, Sticks called me about an hour before we were supposed to record and said that he was at work and somebody drove a golf cart into the pond, so he wasn't <laughs> going to be able to make it. He said he had to deal with that. And then uh, he's he's busy at work right now, so we just wasn't able to work it out. But thank you for coming on, Trey. Thanks for taking the spot this week. I'm sure this won't be the last we hear of you. We'll bring you back on for some uh, basketball stuff. All right, Trey. So before we hop into some sports, I got to run something by you. I want your opinion on something. So Haley and I already have a dog. His name is Timber. He's a Husky. Uh, he's He turns two next Saturday. Okay. So... Uh, her birthday's coming up and she's been dying for a new dog and i found an akc registered dalmatian and everything i've read online says they're a lot like a husky uh but they have the potential to they can be aggressive if you don't raise them correctly so what Uh, what is your opinion (laughs) on us getting a second dog
1: i mean i think it'd be a good idea i mean timber seems to be pretty tame i feel like you guys are great dog parents so i don't see any confrontation between the two but
0: timber's a good dog he's been around uh he's been around quite a bit of other dogs never he's never shown aggression he's growled at me once when he was eating and i pet him but we fixed that he don't he don't he don't don't do that anymore but yeah
1: and i mean it's always good for him to have a friend you hate leaving them there by themselves exactly I think it'd be a good move. And Timber and I have the same birthday. So, I mean, that's lit. That's true.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Timber needs a buddy. So we're looking into that. That may or may not happen. I'll keep everybody updated as uh, the podcast goes on. All right. So what sport do you want to start with, Trey? We got some NFL, college basketball, uh, college football, NBA, a little bit of UFC. What do you want to start with here?
1: Uh, We can go NFL and work our way around. Um, there's some big games coming up this weekend, so I feel like that's a pretty good place to start it off.
0: Sounds good. So you're right. There are some big games that happened last weekend and coming up this weekend. But I want to start first with uh, the, Do- the Deshaun Watson news. Have you heard anything about this?
1: I have. Um, so Deshaun is co- really concerned about wasting his teammates career. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I saw he apologized to J.J. Watt, which I mean, that guy's a stud. So I feel like if there's anybody here, it was an apology to. J.J. Watt's the guy to start with.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of dysfunction in their locker room right now. You know, J.J. Watt voiced his uh, concerns after they lost to the Bengals. And now Deshaun, where they fired Bill O'Brien, He apparently he was supposed to be, you know, in the room for these interviews. And they went out and hired a new GM from the Patriots. And he had no say in it, like they promised him or something. <clears throat> so he seems really unhappy. So, yeah,
1: when you have a franchise-type player like Deshaun Watson, I just feel like it's something that, has to be done i mean as far as including him in discussions like this if you want to keep him
0: um, yeah and you see that and i don't know that deshaun watson's on a mahomes or a a rogers level but when you have a guy that you know he's your dude and you want to roll with him you you want to give him at least and he doesn't have the final vote but you want to give him a say so in it so with that said he is obviously not happy he's asked for a trade give me your top three places you'd want to see him go I've
1: heard a lot of
0: discussion about
1: the Tua Deshaun Watson trade. I don't know how true that is, just because I know that everybody in Miami is big on Tua, and I just I personally can't see that happening. Um, I could see, you know, a couple other places being interested for sure. I mean, with the with the small amount of talent that he's had, especially after they sent DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. I mean, the guy's proven that he can be a big-time NFL quarterback, so I could see plenty of teams going after him.
0: Yeah, and so so this is something Sticks and I talked about previously. Uh, not necessarily Deshaun, but we talked about, you know, the Jets are now out of the Trevor Lawrence pick. So what do you do from there? Do you take Justin Fields? Do you trade your pick? Or do you just try to get your next best guy? And Sticks was on the, on the side of – you just take your next best guy, which is probably the lineman from Oregon. But I told him, I said, I would trade the pick, try to get a couple veterans because I don't see Justin Fields being that much better than Sam Darnold. But now that, you know, we see Deshaun Watson, do you try to give the Texans uh, the number two pick and for Deshaun Watson along with, you know, maybe a couple players or do you know, you stick to your guns?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something I could see them being interested in doing. Um, It's hard to say, though. Justin Fields definitely shows flashes of, you know, having what it takes to be in the league. I know he's got the arm strength and he's got scramble ability. It's always hard to say with guys like him, though, when they transfer into the NFL, if they have that same kind of potential. But, I mean, you've you've seen what Deshaun Watson can do. And to me, I think trading that second pick and trying to get a few more players around him would be ideal.
0: Would they be better than the Texans right now? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I, I do think maybe in the lo- maybe if you're looking long-term, maybe Sam Darnold is a better quarterback compared to Deshaun Watson. But right now, Deshaun Watson's proven himself. He's, he's the type of guy you know. He's a franchise guy, and he can go win right now. If I'm the Jets, I think I'm putting all my eggs in the Deshaun Watson basket and trying to get a trade going for Sam Darnold, maybe a few other guys. See if I can't start building around him. They're obviously bringing in a new coach this year, so if I'm the Jets, I think I'm taking that pick, giving it to the Texans. Seeing if you know maybe they draft Justin Fields, and then sending them Sam Darnold and you know whoever else they want. Because I I don't think you're going to get a better quarterback in the draft than Deshaun Watson. And I mean, I agree. You, you're. You can get second, third, fourth round linemen to do the job.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and they have a, p- a few good pieces. I mean, they have that his Crowder as a receiver. I mean, he's tough. He's proven that. You know, if he has somebody that can throw him the ball deep, he can make big plays happen. So, a few pieces plus the so- Deshaun Watson. I mean,
0: that's what I'm it's saying. Be a move. It's a, it's a solid starting point, and it kind of it sends. Let me see. The Texans are in the AFC. Oh. Can you hear that? A little bit. Uh, I did not mean to turn that on. Okay. Anyway, like I'm – okay, so the Jets are – are they NFC or AFC? They're AFC, aren't they? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so you're still sending them in within your division, but it's not a team that you necessarily worry about in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not a team like – you're not sending them to the Patriots or you're not sending them to, you know, the the Ravens or anybody that's going to be a real playoff threat to you immediately.
1: Have you ever considered the Patriots for Deshaun Watson, though?
0: Yeah. I've heard ha- their parting ways with Cam. I, I've also heard that. I think, I think that's ideal because now Bill Belichick's had the test run of a mobile quarterback, so he kind of knows what to do, but you have a better playmaker in Deshaun Watson than you would in Cam. Definitely
1: so, somebody who can stretch the field better than Cam.
0: Exactly. So I, in, a, in an ideal world for Deshaun, that's probably where he goes. I don't know that the Texans are willing to make that happen, though. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah. All
0: right, yeah. So what I was saying is I don't know – in a perfect world, if I'm Deshaun Watson, that's where I want to end up. But I don't necessarily know that the Texans are willing to make that deal just because, you know, if they do see each other in the playoffs, then what? You know, you just traded your quarterback to your your same division.
1: Yeah. I mean – they, I think that there's a lot of options for him, and a lot of options that would work out better than things have played out in in Houston with the Texans. So
0: exactly, I think he will. I think he does have a, a solid market value, though. You know what I mean? There's not going to be a whole lot of teams that need a quarterback saying no thanks. Right. Awesome. So I think we kind of agreed on that. Let's go ahead and look at the playoff picture for the NFL. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what happened last week first and then we'll hop into this week's game. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, so obviously we'll start in the AFC. The Chiefs had a bye. Um, the first game, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was a six-point favorite in the game and got absolutely mauled by the Browns. Was you able to watch any of that?
1: Yeah, I watched about the first half, and then, uh, I mean, it, there wasn't really a point watching the rest of it after that. The Browns, I mean, all the all the years. That the
0: Trey? that on Pittsburgh. Oh, you're, sorry, you cut out there for a second. Um, so yeah, I turned the game on in the third quarter and it was our it was 35-23 at that point. So I I started to think that the uh, the the Browns were going to blow it and that the Steelers couldn't get out of their own way it seemed like they kept turning the ball over. Big Ben was making the most ridiculous throws and the it took Everything, the Browns had to pull that one out, but the Steelers did themselves no favors.
1: Not at all, and I mean, part of me is happy to see it for Baker Mayfield, as much heat as he's taken lately. I, I definitely like to see him succeed in everything, and I mean, how long has it been since the Browns won a game in the playoffs? <laughs>
0: uh, 2002, I believe, is the last time. Yeah, with, I mean. With, with old Tim Couch.
1: And when you have a guy on the Steelers like Juju that just says, you know, the Browns are going to be the Browns, that's enough motivation right there to go out and get the job done. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was a it was a mauling, you know, and we'll talk about the spreads and stuff when we get into the gambling stuff here later. But yeah, that game, it never seemed like the Steelers were really in control. I, I I was busy, like I said, I tuned I tuned in in the third quarter, but I was checking the game on my phone, and it was like thirty five to seven. The Browns. I was like, what in the world is going on? What you know, as if twenty twenty is not weird enough. This is starting twenty twenty one.
1: And when you start the when you start the game off with the first possession as the Steelers, and you snap the ball twenty yards over Big Ben's <laughs> head into the end zone for a touchdown for the Browns.
0: it's... yeah, you're yeah. setting yourself up for failure there. And I think ben, Big Ben had three turnovers. Three or four picks. I can't. I think it was four. Maybe four touchdowns, four picks is what he had, something like that. Yeah. You and to me, I mean,
1: as as good as the Browns looked, I feel like the Steelers looked just as bad as far as being prepared for this game. I think in a way they overlooked the Browns.
0: Yeah, and, and the and the Browns didn't have their coach and s- reportedly didn't practice a whole lot. You know, it was a lot of online film stuff.
1: Yeah, I think it was a lot of COVID protocols that, had to, that affected their practices
0: that week. And it was like their special teams coordinator was their head coach. I mean, if you're the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, there's no way that's acceptable. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're the Steelers.
1: All, all in all, it was a total collapse for the Steelers down the stretch. I mean, what, they started off 11-0 and and then lost four of their last five.
0: Yeah. Do you think that this is Big Ben's last year? You know, he didn't – He in his interview, he wasn't – you know, gung-ho on, yeah, I'm coming back 100% next year.
1: I could see him coming back next year, but I would be surprised if he finishes the season next year.
0: Yeah, I to mean, me, the, the guy's 38 years old. He's had an amazing career, about as good of one as a quarterback can have. I, I'll be I'll be surprised if he comes back. I think, I think this year showed him, you know, getting hit this much sucks, and I'm getting older. I've got all the money in the world. Yeah, And I, I just don't know that Big Ben loves the game like he used to. And and you can
1: kind of see that. I mean, just from his expressions on the sideline, he doesn't seem as – I mean, back in the day, he was one of the more fired-up quarterbacks, you know, as far as having the passion like a Peyton yeah. Manning or a Tom Brady. And now you just don't see that same enthusiasm on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that he comes back. But let's go ahead. We'll hop into the next one. Indiana or Indianapolis, my bad, at Buffalo. Buffalo ends up coming away with a three-point win. Neither team looked great. I didn't watch it, but I heard there's a lot of controversy about a Colts punt. Did you hear any? Did you get to watch it? I didn't get to watch it,
1: but I did see the punt. And I also saw a, 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 uh, a play that was not ruled a fumble that a lot of people were pretty livid that should have been a fumble. Either way, I mean, I think both of them had pretty terrible calls go both ways, so yeah. I don't think anybody's – you know, livid about the outcome.
0: Yeah, and I mean in a in a in the real world, that's how it works. You know, everything regresses back to the mean. Everything it, you know, a bad call gets evened out later with a good call or call you may not have deserved. But honestly, as good as the Bills and Josh Allen are, I didn't think that it would even be that close. You know, a three point game on a call that could have decided it, you yeah. expect you expect more out of the Bills that potentially have the hottest quarterback in the league right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't expect it to be that close of a game. I mean, the Bills have just been putting it to people all year, and to be honest, going into the playoffs, I thought they were one of the one of the favorites, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, then, no doubt. I expected, you know, and I still think that we'll see a Bills Chiefs uh, AFC championship, but if they come out flat again against. Um, the The Ravens, even if they win, you can't feel confident going up against the Chiefs after two, you know, lackluster games.
1: No, definitely not. And I <clears throat> I think this matchup against the Ravens is going to be a really good game.
0: I do, too. I think so. Sticks and I talked about last week, you know, if Lamar lost this week, he would be 0 and 3. When are we starting? When are we going to write him off? You know what I mean? But he got the win. So I don't know that you write him off just yet, but I still don't know. I'm still not sold on Lamar Jackson.
1: I'm not either. I mean, everybody knows what he can do as far as breaking out of the pocket and gaining huge chunks of yardage, you know, on on the ground. But and, and every now and then he'll show spurts of being able to pass the ball with the best of them, but he's just not very efficient yet. And that could be something that he grows into, but for now, I'm with you. I'm not 100% sold on him.
0: I think he has the potential – to one day, if, if he gets the right coaches in the right situation, because right now all Baltimore's doing is hiding him. They're you know, they're hiding him behind his legs, behind a scheme that's set up for him. But we've seen when they get behind, it's hard for them to come back just because Lamar is not super efficient at throwing a ball.
1: Right. He struggles with a lot of long out routes.
0: Yeah. So but when you're in the playoffs. You're, you're not playing the Cincinnati's of the world anymore. You're playing the good teams and there's going to be times you have to play from behind. So as his career moves forward and he gets in more and more playoff games, it's, I think it's just going to, it's going to, you know, put a magnifying glass on his deficiencies.
1: Which given, I mean, they were down 10 to nothing to the Titans. So, I mean, we are talking about a first round matchup, but he did, he did come from behind and get this win, So Maybe yeah. it could be a turning a chapter in his legacy, but I yeah, guess we'll find fair. out this weekend.
0: That's fair. So yeah, they beat the Titans. Is that all the games? That's all the AFC games, right? Bills. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we covered the AFC. Titans. I was actually surprised the Titans played so bad. I really expected them to come out hot and, you know, they had yeah. a chance. They had a chance to win it and kind of blew it. But let's move on to the NFC. So the Packers obviously have your first round bye, and then our first matchup was the Seahawks and the Rams. I took the Seahawks to win it. The Rams come out. And w- when I took the Seahawks, I told them, I said, the Seahawks are good enough to beat anybody and lose to anybody.
1: And yeah. that's
0: kind of the same way I felt about the Rams. If they Whoever stays out of their own way the most is probably going to win the game, and it just happened to be the Rams this week.
1: I'll be honest. I was shocked by
0: that game. Well, the I Rams didn't... have been – La- less than spectacular in, like, the two weeks leading up to this game. Definitely
1: have been, and I didn't get to watch that one either, but, I mean, to lose your first-string quarterback, have a guy come in and just and beat the Seahawks in the first round. I mean, the Seahawks, they may not have it together throughout the season year after year, but they're always there when the playoffs come around. And Russell exactly. Wilson, with the legacy he's had, I mean, I was shocked.
0: Yeah, I – really did not expect the Rams to pull this one out. I knew they could, but now that Aaron Donald seems to be hurt, they're saying that they expect him back, but Aaron Donald was hurt, and someone else on their team was hurt. You know, for them to pull out that win is huge for them. And But I saw a really crazy stat today, and I can't remember every single number, but it was Jalen Ramsey versus Pro Bowl wide receivers this year. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and a couple others that they played against. And their stat lines were – ridiculous like DK's best game against the Rams was three receptions for 33 yards
1: I mean to have a guy like Jalen Ramsey out there I mean he's a lockdown defender but I wouldn't expect him to shut down DK like that
0: yeah no me neither and not that the Packers necessarily have I mean they got Devontae Smith but they don't have a big a big time wide receiver you know what I mean so how much (laughs) Devontae Adams yeah that's yeah that's what I meant so, how big of an impact do you see that having with the Packers game for him this week?
1: You know, man, it's hard to say. I know I know that the uh, Seahawks had Russell Wilson, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about the MVP candidate. I truly see Green Bay winning this one, and I, I think there's a chance that it may not be close. Um,
0: yeah, I think it depends on how much – that injury did affect Aaron Donald and how much he can pressure Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you have a guy like Aaron Donald hurt, I mean, that's pretty much the core of your defense. So we'll see how bad it is and how big of an impact that
0: has on their defense. For sure. All right. The next game was the saints versus the bears saints end up winning 21 to nine. I mean, this is a game you can kind of guess, but yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's the Saints and Bears. The Bears are so streaky and dependent on the other team messing up as opposed to them playing well. Very true. See, I just...
1: I was shocked at the... Trey?
0: Okay. So, I think Trey got disconnected there. I will go ahead and try to get him back on here. But in the meantime, we'll keep rolling with uh, the Saints and Bears talk. So, Drew Brees uh seem to play pretty well this week against the bears. Not that the bears have a great defense by any means, but uh, you know, when you're when you're playing a team like Drew Brees and the Saints, who have such a solid defense, it's hard to uh it's hard to overcome that with a less than stellar quarterback like Mitch Trubisky. Are you there, Trey? Yeah, I'm here. It cut off, but I'm back. It's all good. All right, good. We got you back. So That's all we'll say about the Saints. I think we got enough. You know, that that was a pretty straightforward game. And the final game was the Buccaneers and the Washington football team. I think Washington played some no-name quarterback from no-name university. He came
1: from the XFL.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. They didn't have a quarterback. Uh, Alex Smith was hurt, I believe. I think if Alex Smith plays, it's probably a closer game. I don't know that it changes the outcome. It's definitely probably a closer game, but Tom Brady showed that at 43, he can he can do whatever he wants to do.
1: And I mean, I thought that the Washington football team played a hell of a game. I didn't expect it to be as close as it was, especially with the quarterback they had in. He played out of his mind. I mean, given he was one of the best quarterbacks in the XFL, but to come out first time out against the, the Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Exactly. I was, I was shocked that it was that close of a game, but shout yeah. out to the football team.
0: They yeah, played so, a hell of a game. <laughs> the final score was thirty-one uh, twenty-three. For anybody wondering, but yeah, I, I honestly expected a little bit more out of a uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I expected to put up around thirty-five to forty-two somewhere in that area, but I mean thirty-one. It's not a bad score, especially in the playoffs. I know the Washington football team isn't world beaters, and they play in the junk NFC East, but when you got Tom Brady and you got Gronk, you got Antonio Brown, you know, you got all these big name guys. I expect a little bit more out of them, but I guess you're not going to be too upset with 31.
1: I mean, survive in advance at this point. Exactly.
0: <laughs> doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, wins a win right now. That's right. All right. So that should cover all of the NFC. We will get into the upcoming games here at the end when we get into the gambling. We'll kind of break those down, talk about them. So as of right now, let's go ahead and we'll move on. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go? I want to talk NCAA basketball, but I was really hyped to do it Monday. And then after last night, I'm really not as hyped to talk about them anymore.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. That was...
0: All right, let's move into more of your... We'll we'll save the uh, NCAA championship for last. Let's move into the NBA a little bit more of your realm. So... Sticks and I had talked about a couple weeks ago, the NBA uh, doing an expansion and we know that we talked potential cities and which ones we think are good and bad. So they've, they flat out said their very first team will be in Seattle. It's going back. You know, I don't know if it's going to be the supersonics, but it's going to be in Seattle. And the second team is kind of up for debate right now. Vegas is leading, but Louisville and Kansas city are your next two options. If Vegas for some reason doesn't work out. Uh you're an NBA guy. Tell me what you think. Where do you think the team should go and when do you think it's going to happen?
1: I personally don't think it's going to happen until the NBA gets back on a regular schedule. Um all this pandemic stuff has really screwed a lot of things up in the NBA. Are you there? But I think once that happens, um, I think once that happens, I could definitely see Las Vegas being a head contender. I mean, they've already moved two football teams down there, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them move a basketball team as well. Um, personally, I'm biased, but I would love to see it in Louisville. Um,
0: yeah, that's kind of what I said. I I think Vegas get your first bid, but a point that I made to Sticks, and you can, you can weigh in on this. Do you think that Vegas is such a big city with already too much to do? Do you think it supports an NFL team, an NHL team, and an NBA team?
1: I don't because I think I, I find it to be more of a tourist city. You know, exactly, people who yeah. just stop in and have a good time for a week or a weekend and then head out. Whereas See, if, if you were to go to Louisville, you have an entire state of fans who live and breathe basketball, whether it's Louisville Cardinal basketball or Kentucky basketball. So, I mean, in my opinion, all it would take to really hit it off in Louisville is get a couple of players. or Louisville Cardinal alums, and you'd have an entire state as a fan base.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what me and Six talked about, is right now Kentucky is already like the pro team here. You know, everybody here lives, eat, and breathes Kentucky basketball. So, I think, and the Raptors had talked about with all the Corona stuff, possibly playing their games this year in Louisville, and that would give Louisville a trial run. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, so we never really know. But I think that an NBA team in Louisville, I think the the state would get extremely behind it because right now your closest teams to Kentucky are Memphis and Indianapolis, and each of those, depending on what part of your state you're from central Kentucky, that's minimum three-and-a-half, four-hour drive either way.
1: Just a little far to drive and watch a basketball game and go back home, you know. Exactly. It would just about have to be a trip or something.
0: Yeah, you're spending the night there, you know what I mean? Especially if it's not an early game. Right. You're not if you live in Lexington, you're probably not driving to Indianapolis or Memphis and driving home that same night after a game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we already have a place like the Yum Center that could definitely host an NBA team and is somewhat of an
0: NBA NBA environment already exactly so i'm with you i'm also biased i would love to see it come to louisville i we're just going to discount kansas city we're going to pretend like they're not even in the conversation they have the chiefs yeah they have the they have super Bowl <laughs> champs they they can let us have this one we don't get that's much. what i'm saying we don't get much around here all right so these next two topics you probably know a lot more about them than i do i've just kind of seen headlines i'm sure you've kept up with it a little bit more so, tell me a little bit about what in the world James Harden is doing trying to get himself kicked out of Houston.
1: Well, I think I think a lot of things were already boiling over whenever the season started. Um, I think it had a lot to do with their second-round loss to the Lakers last year. And, I mean, James Harden realizes that he's in his prime right now, and he is a franchise-type player. And to be honest, I just feel like he's thinking his career is being wasted in Houston. They tried the Mike D'Antoni small ball where they went five guards pretty much and spread it out and shot a ridiculous amount of threes. And I think that – by the Lakers. And then I have – like I'm a huge Lakers fan. I have the NBA League pass, and I was able to watch both games over the past three or four days where they had the doubleheader with Houston – and it wasn't even close. I mean, at, at one point in both games, the Lakers were up 30 points. And I just don't think them adding John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins did anything to help their chances. And I think Harden's just sick of playing for a team that has no chance to win a title.
0: So this is another thing Sticks and I talked about uh, back when the trade rumors first started with Harden. And we both kind of came to the conclusion that at this point, I'm starting to believe that it's a Harden problem. It's not a Rockets problem. It's not a anything else from other than Harden. It seems like he begs for these superstar players to come play with him and then can't play with a point guard that's worth anything. It seems like he wants a point guard to bring it across half court and give him the ball. And that's all there is to it. You know, you have a John Wall who is a little bit more versatile. Can He has good vision. He can pass extremely well but he's not the type of dude that's going to sacrifice the team to get Harden the ball. You know, he's not a, a Delvin type of guy.
1: And I mean, I think that, I think Harden just didn't even give it a chance with John Wall. John Wall has been hurt for the last two years. We've all seen what he can do when he's healthy. This is the first time that he's played NBA basketball in two years. And he gave it what? Nine games.
0: Exactly. And not, and he was already wanting out the, the day the trade was made. And, It's not like this is a bad team. This team has pieces that can make a run. Same as the Westbrook team, same as the CP3 team. You know, He's had teams around him that can make the run, and they all fall apart. And the only common denominator in all of it is James Harden.
1: I agree. And, I mean, he's a ball-heavy guard. He's a guy that doesn't do a whole lot of action off the ball to get himself open looks. He has to have the ball in his hands at all.
0: We lost Trey again. He, I'm sure, will be back in just a second. But it was as you know what Trey was saying. He he's a ball dominant guy. He doesn't. He has to have the ball in his hand to be effective, and that's fine. But then you can't be upset when other play when you beg for these other superstars to come play with you, and they also need a ball. You know what I mean? You can't have just one guy dominate the ball when you have two to three other superstars on the team. It, it just don't work. The game won't flow well, and it's not going to work out for Harden like that. So I'm going to try to get Trey back here, and in the meantime, we'll talk some Kyrie Irving news. I don't know a whole lot. I was hoping Trey could tell me a little more about this, uh, but what I've seen is he is not with the team right now for whatever the reason is. Uh, the story that I'm looking at currently the headline is concerns that Kyrie Irving won't be back anytime soon as NBA to investigate a party video. It seems that he had a uh, family birthday party, and I'm assuming this is due to a corona uh, violation. Yeah, co- it says COVID nineteen guidelines and their disciplinary action. All right, what's up, Trey? You're back. I'm back. Got the got the Walmart Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's windstream. can't call him out like that on air all right so we're talking about the Kyrie Irving um the Kyrie Irving situation don't know when he's going to be back with the Nets uh what have you heard because I'm reading the the story right now it says Harden was fined 50 grand earlier for violating the COVID-19 protocols and now I guess Kyrie Irving had a family birthday party that he attended so that
1: came after that came after the Nets had no idea where this man was. I mean, every update I saw is he was he was off the grid. Nobody had heard from him. He just up and left the team. And then, like you said, the next thing that you hear is he was at a family birthday party. I think that Kyrie personally just has a lot of things going on in his life right now, and he's not prioritizing the game of basketball the way a man who makes 30-something million dollars a year should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a, a thing, a trend you've seen in his whole career. You know what I mean? He, he wants to be the guy, but doesn't want to put up with any of the guy's stuff. He doesn't right. want to – he wants to be the one on a team, but he doesn't want to put up with the one's media and the one's drama and the the interviews and all that good stuff that comes along with being the guy.
1: Right, and I, I totally agree. I mean, he's got all the skills and assets to be the guy, but whenever – comes down to doing what it takes like like you've seen a guy like lebron james do or steph curry do he he just doesn't seem to care as much you know whenever it comes down to co- yeah. cooperating with
0: the media and yeah he wants to do his own thing but not be questioned about what he's doing and when you're making the 30 million dollars a year you can't just ghost your team for however long and be like oh sorry i had a birthday party i had to go to
1: Right, goes MIA for a week. The Nets haven't heard from him. I mean, when was the last time you've heard of an NBA player doing something like that? Probably Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> That's
0: a Vegas for a weekend. Yeah, and it's okay, I guess. It, well, it's not okay on a business level. If any normal person went MIA from their job for a week, they wouldn't have a job when they came back.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: And it's, And to me... It's so ridiculous. I try to put myself in their shoes. If I'm making that much money to play a game, I'm going to show up and do my job. I'm not going to I'm not gonna. – first off, you're turning your back on your team, which has to put a sour taste in their mouths. A brand-new
1: team. Yeah, I bet, that.
0: Exactly. I mean, you've been there for a year, but you haven't all been together. You finally get your superstar in KD back this year, and then you're going to turn your back on them and – just be the Kyrie that everybody stereotypes you as and not try to prove anybody wrong, but just be the all about me guy. You know, I find he, and he wants to make comments about LeBron saying, you know, I'm finally with a guy that can finish and, all, and you know, can make shots or whatever he says and then turn around and prove to everybody why LeBron is one of the greatest, you know, he shows up to work every day. He holds people accountable and he doesn't pull crap like this.
1: Exactly. And I mean, he that that comment about LeBron was was one that you could tell really hurt LeBron because they had something special when they were together in Cleveland and something just clicked with Kyrie where he he felt like he wasn't getting to take the big shots. But in the finals, he has 41. LeBron has 41. I thought it was one of the most balanced duos that I've ever
0: seen. You know what it reminds me of? Honestly, it reminds me of these kids that come to Kentucky. And they're clearly not ready for the draft, but they got their parents and their friends tell them, yeah, man, you can make it. You can do this. You can do that. And then they leave for the draft and you never hear of them again. Like the, like we're going to see out of EJ Montgomery and Scal and all these yeah. other players, you know, they're clearly not ready to leave, but they went to Kentucky. They're on the biggest stage and they think they're superstars and they probably have the wrong people in their ear.
1: That's that's the thing, man, is I mean, when you're on a platform like this, you got everybody has the best advice for you, you know,
0: exactly. And and you have to be smart when you're that big. You have to you cannot surround yourself with. Yes, men. you have to have people to keep you grounded. You have to have good, solid friends and and managers and, you know, PR people that say, hey, let's come back down to earth here for a minute. You know, it's good that you're that you're one of the best players in the league. But you keep this crap up, and you won't be in the league very long.
1: At the same time, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say what Kyrie really thinks. He he thinks the Earth is flat, so I mean, it's yeah. hard to that's, it's that's hard true. to tell going that guy's head at this point.
0: <laughs> that's probably true. All right, well, let's we we I just touched on some UK stuff, so let's let's go ahead and get this over with, Trey. Uh, we have to. <laughs> so Saturday, <laughs> so Saturday they come out and they're against Florida. Granted, without Keontae Johnson, but Florida, you know, on, on a good year, it, when Kentucky is good, you can almost mark the at-Florida game to a loss every year. Yep.
1: And, Nine times out of ten, I mean, we're going to go to the Swamp and get beat.
0: Yeah, and that's when Kentucky's good. So, when Kentucky's having a down year like we are this year, to go out and beat Florida at-Florida by 18 and and have literally the best game of the year – was amazing. You know, you start thinking, okay, you know, maybe this team can turn it around. Maybe this is, you know, we figured it out. Dante Allen's playing well. BJ Boston played well. And then you come out Tuesday against Alabama, who is no slouch, like nothing taken away from Alabama and Nate Oates. They're a good team. They're well coached. They can shoot the ball. I mean,
1: they shot the lights out.
0: But to turn around and have your absolute worst game of the season directly after your best game of the season – Tell me a little bit about what this means for UK and what do they have to do to see the NCAA tournament this year?
1: At this point, I think that they just about have to win the SEC tournament to make the NCAA tournament because I think we're going to see a lot more games like this one. I think, as good as we looked on Florida on Saturday against Florida, I think we're going to have games like that where it looks like nobody in the country can beat us. And then I think we're going to have games right after where we look like we did against Georgia Tech or last night against Alabama. I think it's going to be a team of a lot of ups and downs and with as many losses as we already have, I think they're going to have to win the SEC tournament.
0: Yeah, it, I'm going to see how the rest of it plays out because I think that there's legit top ten teams Kentucky could go out and beat. But I, 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 I when I was watching the Bama game last night, I was thinking I could watch this team play Bama as many times as you want and I don't think they beat them once. Kentucky can beat a lot of teams the way they play, but Alabama's just not one of them, and Gonzaga is just not one of them. The teams that can spread the floor and shoot the three and have a guard that can beat you off the dribble, Kentucky just can't stay in front of them. That's the
1: key right there. That's the point I was going to bring up. Any team that has more than one guard that can penetrate and get in the paint, we're going to have a very hard time stopping at this point. Our on-ball defense is pathetic. Um, And, I mean, that's something Cal has to work on in practice, I would assume. I mean, we can't stay in front of anybody at this point. And and even if we can't stay in front of them, there's no help defense. How many replays did they show last night where somebody gets beat off the dribble and somebody just reaches in and swipes or has their
0: back turned? And not only can we not stop a guard from dribbling past us, none of our guards can do that to anybody else. Every Cal team, they have to have a guard that can beat somebody off the dribble. You, John Wall could do it. Brandon Knight could do it. Uh, let's see, who else? You had Quickly, Maxie, Higgins, Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox. Every, every single team... At Kentucky has had a guard that can beat the, their man off the dribble with exception of one, and that was 2013. And guess where we ended up in 2013? In the NIT. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, sometimes Go- when I watch this team, I think the NIT would be a win. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it would be a like if the team that played last night and the team that played early against Georgia Tech, if that team shows up, we'd be lucky to get an invitation to the NIT. But then again, if the team that plays Florida or the team that showed up against Kansas or North Carolina where those were top teams, but we were
0: right there in the mix, it's just hard to say with them. Yeah, and Cal's teams, they have to have a great guard. And we just missed this year. We missed on B.J. Boston because it was the three guys that were supposed to be big as freshmen this year were Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State and BJ Boston. And the other two dudes are playing out of their minds and we yep. just missed on BJ Boston. And part of me
1: part of me is still holding on, you know, just a little bit to the BJ Boston hype. I think that that kid has the skill set. Either he has the skill set or whoever made his highlight video <laughs> was a animal, you know? <laughs> like I mean I, everything that I watched about him, I haven't seen I haven't seen even a sliver of that yet, you know?
0: Exactly. You know, he's playing on a team with LeBron James Jr. and the the top players in the country, and he's the best player. And yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. I am not. I haven't gave up on him 100% because there was uh three against Florida. There was three or four possessions in a row where he was able to beat his guy off the dribble, come up, and find a shot for himself and make it. And he's not taking the 17, 18-foot jump shots. He was able to get by his guy and and create a shot or dump down for an easy layup. But then he turns around on the next possession, dribbles the air out of the ball at the three-point line, takes a step inside, and shoots a brick.
1: Right. I mean, it's hard to even call him streaky because the bad outweighs the good so heavily from what we've seen so far. But if we can get – there's one guy on our team that I think can consistently beat somebody off the dribble, and that's Terrence Clark. He's been out for the last couple of games, but I think he has that skill set to where he's got a quick first step. He does have handles. He may be a little out of control at times, but we haven't really seen him grow with this team in the last couple of weeks.
0: When we get him back, it's hard to say. But where do you put Terrence Clark in right now? Who do you take out? Askew's playing his best ball of the season. Mince is playing his best ball of the season. Dante Allen is now playing pretty good. He's stepped up his defense. Where do you find the minutes for him? And I think it's going to, he's going to end up cutting into Dante Allen's minutes just because that's how Cal does it. He, he babies his five stars, but Allen's playing so good. You really can't take minutes away from him. And then the only other person's BJ Boston, and you know he's not getting less minutes.
1: I personally think it's going to be a battle between Boston and Clark. I think whichever one finally shows why we recruited them pretty much, you know, shows the talent that they had in high school. I think that's the one that gets the most playing time. I think that we do have a deep roster to an extent, but nobody's a standout and that's, what's killing us right now.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the problem though, ain't it? This team will only go as far as BJ Boston and Terrence Clark take us. Cause the type of ball that we play like Alabama, they don't have superstars. They don't have five-star guys, but they play well as a team. They spread the ball and they can make shots. The way we play basketball, you have to have a huge guard, a long athletic center that can defend the rim, and you have to have a, a, a playmaker. You have to have one guy that can go get a shot. It was Tyler Hero. It was Emmanuel Quickly. It was Tyrese Maxey, and now we don't have that. And we thought we had it in B.J. Boston, and he's just not.
1: So far, no, not at all. And but, I-, I mean, and and – as much of a factor as Keon Brooks was against Florida,
0: he was, you know. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. But, I mean, it's only – sec- I'm not going to hold too much against Keon. I mean, it's a second game back. But this team, I believe, is only going to go as far as B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark take us. And they're running out of time. I mean, they went from lottery picks to Terrence Clark's probably out of the first round and B.J. Boston's probably mid to late first round.
1: Which is insane. I mean, it would have to be strictly off of potential at this point.
0: Yeah, they're not I mean yeah, they're not playing well enough right now. Speaking of not playing well, did you get to watch any of the Wisconsin Michigan game before uh before the UK game?
1: I did. I watched I watched the whole thing as a matter of fact and it was an absolute beatdown.
0: What a they were on like a 40 to 6 run Michigan was. I mean,
1: it's I would be surprised to see anybody beat Michigan if they play like that.
0: I mean, it'd be tough. I still think Gonzaga's head and shoulders kind of above everybody just because of the way they play. Goodness, man, Jawan Howard has them dudes playing.
1: He sure does. I mean, I was I was really impressed. I didn't know that they were like that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know I, that.
1: I turned it on. I mean, they had pretty much everything. They had shooters. They had big guys in the paint that they can box out, get rebounds, change shots. I mean, they were just all around dominant against Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, and Wisconsin's not a bad team. You know, uh, I saw somewhere – their starting five and their sixth man was either seniors or fifth years. And just got embarrassed. Like and, that. I mean, that's I a, mean, that's an old team to get upset, you know, to get put like that on blast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much tuned into that game because I thought it was going to be a great game to watch, you know, right before UK, but it got out of hand quick for Wisconsin. It
0: did. It was like 23, 26, and then you look back up and they're up 40 yeah it was them dudes i i don't know that i've ever seen a better series of basketball out of a team for 15 20 minutes of a game
1: see and that's the thing is it, it all comes back to playing team ball i know, and and this is going to take me back to uk i mean we don't necessarily play as a team we we pass the ball around on the perimeter and wait for somebody to make a play when michigan there's purpose to what they're doing on every single play, whether it's cutting back door, whether it's doing a screen and roll late in the shot clock, you know, getting into the motion with their big guy. There was always a scheme going on and they were all on the same page at all times.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing about Kentucky, not to get back into that, but you made me think of it. Kentucky likes to run their their three-man weave at the three-point line. And that works because the idea is that Eventually running that weave, one of their guys is gonna get a step and they can attack the basket for you know either a kick out, a dump down, or a layup. And none of our guards can it, it, it worked with Ashton Haggins, Emmanuel quickly and Tyrese Maxley. You know, that's three elite guards running the weave. But with BJ yeah. Boston, Askew and Mintz doing it, it don't they none of them can get a step on their guy. And when they do, they take a bad shot, they turn the ball over, their injury passes to the post aren't there. They, they don't know how to play team ball. And, and that's what we're saying with Michigan. They run – they're not a team that that has these really elaborate plays to get people open. They just do what they do very well.
1: Very well. <clears throat> at least in that game. I mean, that's the only game I've watched them play. But if they play like that, it's, I mean, I could see them being a Final Four team at the
0: at the least. Yeah, that's a Gonzaga-Iowa type of – you know, Baylor type team right there. If they keep playing like that, absolutely. Oof, that's if they play like that, then there's it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun tournament anyway. Just <laughs> because you don't know who's gonna make what, you know, it's a weird year. But if Michigan makes it, I definitely see them being a Final Four team if they play like that the rest of the year.
1: No doubt, and I mean, there's still a lot of teams that are in the mix. It's been hard for people to get in a rhythm with all these COVID protocols and everything. So. This could be a, a very interesting March Madness, and I think I think the Kearns may be a part
0: of it. Hey, if they go out and win the OVC, they keep playing like they will. I mean, there's definitely a chance they make it, and you might see a thing like you saw in uh, 2014 where they draw Kansas and only lose by two or upset them in the first round.
1: I, I can guarantee you that there is no team in college basketball that wants to see that press in their face for all 40, 40 minutes. minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, no, that's not going to be fun for anybody, especially if, you know, they're able to draw like a a 12 or a 13 seed, you know, get the old 5-12 upset. Yeah. That'd be a bad news for whoever that five seed is. And I don't know how
1: many games you've got to watch. I've pretty much watched all of them on ESPN plus, but man, they're, they're just fun to watch. I mean, they're always up on each other. The bench is always in the game. Coach Hamilton is always riled up on the sidelines. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a fun team to watch. And I think that I think that they can make a a real a real problem in the OVC for everybody else.
0: Yeah, they came in a little underrated in the OVC, but old AW down there in Richmond, he's got he's got something figured out, and I think he'll be around for a while.
1: I do too. He he loves that place. He said it's like a dream job to him, and just being around them for that year, I knew that once he got some recruits that he went out and got, he was still dealing with some of the recruits. Which I mean, he had Nick Mayo, who yeah is one of the EKU greats, but he didn't quite fit into the scheme that Coach Hamilton wanted to play with, and now that he's got some players that he went out and got, I mean, it's showing what what his style of play can do.
0: It seems like he's doing a lot of like a Coach Cal thing, real heavy on the guards. To an extent, yeah,
1: um, he's got some he's got some really big, you know, three and four guys too. Trey King, which is one of the juniors now he was there under Nick Mayo and I felt like that helped him grow a lot as a player. And he's, he's turned into a stud. I mean, he had 29 points and I think 13
0: rebounds the other night or something like that. Yeah. They're going to be, they're definitely going to be a problem come uh, OVC tournament time. I mean, who's, who's leading the OVC right now? Is it Belmont?
1: Uh, I think it's Belmont. I think they're still undefeated. And I think EKU and Jacksonville state are right behind them.
0: They just beat Jacksonville state though. Didn't they?
1: Yeah, Jacksonville State was undefeated going into that game. Yeah. And then now we both have one loss.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, Like I said, big UK fan, but if I, if I have to pull for a mid-major, it's going to be Eastern. Ro Kearns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know you said you're not a big UFC guy, but uh, with the McGregor-Poirier uh, fight coming up here in, I guess, next week, actually, I want to touch on it this week. Me and Sticks will get into it a lot more next week but uh, as a not UFC guy, tell me your opinion on it. I mean, anytime
1: you see the name McGregor, (laughs) (laughs) you you usually want to bet on him, but I have seen some stuff about this Poirier guy, and I think that it's going to be a really good match. I think, you know, McGregor being out for a while could affect him, but he seems like the type of guy that's always ready to fight. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, McGregor is in wild shape. I mean, just from his last fight at, uh, 155 they're showing pictures of him now this dude is cut up he <laughs> he looks like a freaking gorilla man he is jacked and not that Poirier is not i mean poyer is a built dude but whew, i would not want to be on the receiving end of one of them left hands <laughs> and they've already fought once obviously uh, connor knocked him out that was towards the beginning of connor's ufc career poye has been around a long time he's no slouch i mean he's a, and, and what excites me and probably most people about this fight is that they're both stand-up fighters. You're not gonna see a whole lot of ground game. In fact, this might be the one fight where Connor's if it did go to the ground, Connor would be favored. You know, Poirier's almost strictly a stand up banger and that's obviously what Connor's known for. Both of them can knock dudes out and but we haven't seen Connor get knocked out like we have Poirier, so as a guy who pretty much watches watches
1: the main fights off and on, I would much rather see a stand-up fight than getting on the ground. I mean, I understand the benefits of taking it to the ground because it's obviously works out in the favor of a lot of guys out there, but I'm I'm more than likely going to tune into this one. I'd love to see a good stand-up fight. Hopefully, it'll go more than one round, but if McGregor looks the way you say he does.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, you got to look it up. That dude looks jacked. He is built right <laughs> now. He He's a big dude for 155. You know, poor Ray's no slouch, man. He can take a punch, and he can give one. So, it it's going to be a good fight. Like I said, we'll get into more of that next week, you know, with it coming up a little sooner. All right, did you get to watch the NCAA football championship, Ohio State and Alabama?
1: I did, and I'm sorry to say this sticks in case you tune in, but roll
0: tide, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Since when did you become an Alabama fan?
1: Uh, I'm not necessarily an Alabama fan, but I always pull for the SEC, being a Kentucky fan, so. And I've never really been an Ohio State fan, to be honest,
0: but I had a feeling that was going to happen. Sticks, we took this as one of our bets last week. Sticks freaking talked me into taking Ohio State, and I felt bad for the guy. (laughs) So I took Ohio State, and I instantly regretted it. I mean, it was like, it was the game. At one point, it was 14-21, to and Ohio State had drove the length of the field and had a chance to tie it 21-21. And I I was with uh, some of our buddies, and I told them, I said, if Ohio State doesn't score a touchdown on this drive, we can go ahead and turn this game off. It's over. Ohio State ends up kicking a field goal. I think this was in the second quarter. And the second Alabama got the ball back, they scored like two back-to-back touchdowns and ran the score before halftime.
1: Yeah, like you said, I – I was in the same boat. I was watching it here with my brother, and as soon as they decided not to go for it on that fourth down and kicked a field goal to make it twenty-one seventeen, I had a feeling it was a wrap.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was, but it just seemed like at that point, Alabama started gaining all the momentum, and what Ohio State scored what seven points the rest of the game compared yeah. to Ohio or compared to Alabama's what was it thirty. Yeah, and I mean something like that
1: just goes to show you how loaded they are because i mean to to have a quarterback like mac jones that's overshadowed by a receiver and he threw for over 300 yards in the first half and four touchdowns and all the talk was about yeah you know i mean
0: do you think they, mac they jones is an nfl quarterback I think
1: he has the potential to be. I mean, he's got the arm strength. He can he reads the pocket very well, but it's always hard to say with quarterbacks like him in college because your receiving core is just unbelievable.
0: That see, that's my argument. I didn't like that Mac Jones was in the Heisman watch. I think that when you're at a place like Alabama, it's so easy to be good at quarterback. You know, the they built Nick Saban's a genius, he builds the system around you. You have Jalen Waddle. You know there was a picture of the four Alabama receivers. I can't remember all who it was now. Uh, Jerry Judy, Devontae uh, Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, and whoever the other Pro Bowl receiver is they had at the time. But when was you it have Rugs, yes, Ruggs the third. A, yeah, yeah, that's who it was. They, you know, when you have those four guys. Not that he had all of them this year, obviously, but when you have those guys around you, how exactly hard is it to be a, you know, all American level quarterback and I mean,
1: not to mention an offensive line that, I mean, did you see the picture of that one guy on their offensive line? No, but I saw one of them <laughs> run out on the field and them dudes are huge. man. Enormous. I mean, you got all the protection in the world. You've got res- receivers that are quick as lightning. You can run the ball at will. I
0: mean, yeah, and you have a not, and we didn't even mention Najee Harris. You have, yeah. you have a Heisman level receiver, a Heisman level running back behind you. Your offensive line wins whatever award there is for offensive line. Your defense is obviously iconic at Alabama. I mean, not to take any away anything away from Mac Jones, he's a great quarterback, I'm sure, but I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback. It seems like Alabama does that every year, even last year with Tua. I, Tua wasn't awesome this year. He wasn't a world beater. He did okay with what he was given, but he ended up getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I And I watched quite a few of the Dolphins games and to an extent, I feel like Tua kind of got the short end of the stick based off the play calls. But I mean, the play calls are there for a reason. They have to see something in practice to call the plays they call. So
0: exactly. I mean, I don't want to take nothing away from these guys, obviously, but it just seems like Alabama wants so bad to produce NFL quarterbacks and they just don't. They produce NFL everything else, but quarterback just ain't it. And if they just accepted that and stopped trying to brag about their quarterbacks, I'd be okay with them. (laughs) But they they try to be so arrogant about these quarterbacks that get thrown the best running backs and receivers and O-lines in the college football and pretend that they're the best thing ever.
1: I mean, they produce everything else. Is that not good enough? Exactly. <laughs> just be
0: happy with what you got. You know, don't be greedy. That's my point. Just don't be greedy. Take your national championship and shut up about your quarterback. <laughs> that's really my That's my biggest takeaway from the national championship is just shut up about Mac Jones.
1: Struck a nerve there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, no, for real, Ohio State, they, they didn't look like they deserved to be in that game. Not that mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody would have. I don't think Clemson looks any better against them. I think they were just that much better than everybody this year, but
1: I do too. I mean, that that team. That team also. I mean, as good as they are every year, that'll go down as one of the one of the best teams Alabama's ever had. And I mean,
0: yeah, I don't know that they're better than last year's LSU team, but I mean, they they're probably second.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a very close second at that. I mean, if it was possible to match them up, I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, that would have been that'd be cool. You. See, now that's the difference is Joe Burrow is an NFL quarterback. Yeah. You know, and he, he had, I think, I mean, LSU had like 19 players drafted, but they wasn't all, it was a lot of defensive guys. It wasn't all, you know, weapons on the offense at Joe Burrow's disposal. And they did have a couple good receivers. They had Thaddeus Moss and a couple other guys. And I don't even know who their running back was last year. Can you remember? Not off the top of my head. No, exactly. That's my point. Is <laughs> that's my point is that's the difference between an NFL quarterback taking a team and then a team taking a okay college quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and I mean there were some there were some questions about Joe at the beginning, but I mean he definitely proved himself.
0: Yeah, he shut that stuff down fast, son. Up in Cincinnati, making, sense, making Cincinnati look good while they lose, putting us on the map. So <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about. I can't wait for next year, with Joe Burrow. Though I hope he comes back healthy. I hope the Bengals figure out how to draft O lineman and pick people up and not have to. But,
1: and I was really impressed with T Higgins too. Oh I mean, yeah,
0: he looked amazing. You know, being a rookie wide receiver, that man catches everything. I mean, yeah he he just jumped straight ahead of AJ Green in the the number one receiver spot.
1: And I mean, if we can get if we can get some. O lineman. I mean, we've got Joe Mixon. We got Giovanni Bernard that showed that he still has it.
0: The defense got, looked good towards the end of the year. Yep. Besides the, Boyd. Besides the Baltimore game, we're not going to talk about that one.
1: Yeah, uh, that was that was a tough. We'll just say that we were set. We were content with our draft pick. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> we wasn't
0: trying to get five wins. Yeah. Couldn't All get right. too hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get us out of the O line draft lottery. <laughs> All right, let's hop into this last section here, Trey. Uh, We'll go over some last week gambling stuff. You can tell Sticks and I how bad we did, and then we'll take some picks for this coming week, and we'll get out of here. Sound good? Sounds good, man. All right, so our first game last week was uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and we talked about most of these games already. Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was a six-point favorite in the game. Uh, The Browns obviously end up winning, so they covered the spread both sticks and I took Pittsburgh to cover that obviously didn't happen. So sticks and I started off the week strong at zero and one um, the next game was Indianapolis at Buffalo. Buffalo was a six and a half point favorite uh, sticks took Indy to cover the spread. I took Buffalo. They obviously did not cover the spread. They only won by three. So sticks got the correct pick on that one, which moves him to one and one. And I am now Oh, and two for the week. Um, uh, the uh, bucks at washington uh, the bucks were a seven and a half point favorite they end up covering the spread sticks took washington i took the bucks so i got that one i'm now one and two sticks is two and one or no you're
1: we're both one and two. and two yeah we're
0: both one and two we're both one and two <clears throat> the fourth game of the week baltimore and tennessee baltimore was a three-point favorite they did end up covering the spread they won by seven me and sticks both took baltimore That puts us both at 2-2, and so we're breaking even right now. And this is the game. Alabama-Ohio State, Sticks talked me into taking Ohio State, uh, so we both screwed that pick up. I'm going to blame Sticks on that one. (laughs) But I will say, I took Bama the previous two weeks in their games to cover the spread, and they blew both of those for me. So I was already a little upset at Alabama, but it's definitely Sticks' fault that I picked Ohio State to cover the 8.5-point spread. So Sticks and I both finished 2-3 and on the week. Sticks' lock of the week was West Virginia to beat Texas. Uh, that did not happen. Texas ended up beating them. So, Sticks is 0-1 on his lock again. My pick was the over-under on the Bucks-Washington game at 44.5 points. They cleared that by a pretty healthy margin. So, I won my lock of the week. Uh, Sticks' overall record is 7-13, and mine is 10-11. and So, I'm clearly the smarter, <laughs> more uh I make a little more money or I guess I lose less money I don't make,
1: yeah lose I don't,
0: less i don't I don't make more money than anybody but I lose less than sticks does however I will say on our locks sticks has yet to hit a lock he is owing three on his locks of the week and I'm three and one so if you're betting strictly my lock of the week you are up a decent amount of money at this point
1: it seems to me like sticks picks with his heart you know not not necessarily his head but yeah
0: I mean he picks. A- <laughs> he picks the Colts and the UNCs and the Ohio States of the world. Just because he, you know, I always try to say, I, I, it, I when someone asks me who I'm betting for, I ask him if I'm, am I betting with my heart or my wallet? You know what I mean? Right. And if I'm betting with my wallet, I gotta, kinda, I gotta put UK and the Bengals aside sometimes. No but, doubt. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> especially this year, but you know, maybe sticks will, he'll, he'll grow up and learn and sticks. If you listen <laughs> to this, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for you, but you really got to do better on these picks because going 500 is not, or going well below 500 is not very good. That's how you lose a lot of money. (laughs) All right, Trey. So we won't record your picks because I'm not sure when the next time you'll be on is, but I'll let you take your picks and I'll take mine and we'll see how we end up. So, so the first game of the week is the Rams and the Packers. Do you know how betting odds work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So, The Packers are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite, a minus 310 on the money line. The Rams are a plus 250. Who do you have beating the spread on this one?
1: I'm going to have to go Packers. I said earlier I think there's a chance that this game won't be very close. We'll see how the Rams perform, especially with Jalen Ramsey hurt. I'm going Packers.
0: I agree with you. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to keep yours just in case. I'll give you a shout-out next week. All right. Um, I'm going to take the Packers as well. I think Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye. He's going to be well rested. Uh, the Rams seem to be a little hurt. They got a couple of players down. So I'm going to take Packers to win by at least a touchdown. The next game is Baltimore at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo was a two and a half point favorite. So it's a much closer line on this one. What are you thinking?
1: I'm going Ravens.
0: You're going to take the Ravens to. I ups- am. All right, so we'll they've take got it-, it
1: rolling. They've won about five or six games in a row, and I just I think that Lamar, this is Lamar's year.
0: Gotcha. So, are you taking them to win or just cover the spread?
1: I'm taking them to win and cover the spread.
0: Well, uh, if yeah, okay. So if they win, <laughs> if if they win, they will just in turn yeah. cover the spread. It's kind of how that works. Um, I'm gonna take the Bills. It's a home game for them. I know it's not necessarily summertime in Baltimore, but I think playing in the cold of Buffalo gives the Bills a little bit more of an advantage. Josh Allen, I think, is in a completely different league than Lamar Jackson. And I think he had a good game against Indy, but his defense kind of let him down. I think Baltimore's offense is a little bit more one-dimensional with Lamar than even Indianapolis' is. So I'm going to take Buffalo to cover the spread on this one. Huh. The next um, game is Cleveland at Kansas City. Obviously, Cleveland is hot right now. They just beat uh, the Steelers by a real good amount, you know, kind of really put it on them there in the first half. Kansas City is a 10 point favorite, a minus 490 on the money line, and the Browns are a plus 380. So if the Browns are able to pull it off, someone's going to make some money on them. But tell me what you think.
1: I'm gonna have to go Chiefs. But I don't
0: I'm on the fence about covering the
1: spread. The Chiefs have been in a lot of close games this year.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've been able to close out games very well. I'm with you. This is a crazy stat I saw on ESPN this week. That Andy or there's only been one one team to host three straight AFC championship games, and that's the Chiefs coming up this year is be their third. And the only NFC team to do it was Andy Reid's Eagles teams. And Andy Reed is the wow. best, and the and Andy Reed is the best coach off a of bye week in the NFL. He has the best record of any coach off a of bye week. So I'm gonna take Kansas City as well. I know 10 points is a lot, but I think Baker's luck just kind of runs out this week. I think that's probably a safe bet. All right. This game's a little closer. We have the Bucks at New Orleans. New Orleans is a three-point favorite, a 166 on the money line, and Bucks are a plus 140.
1: I think this is a pretty good game to bet on. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks. I think
0: that Tom Brady's going to do what Tom Brady does. You know, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm hesitant to do it because I think the Saints are probably the better team, you know, Tom Brady's had two terrible games against the Saints this year. looked awful. I don't think he lets that happen a third time. So I'm going to take the Bucs with the upset to win as well. Um, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I would almost be tempted to take the exact three points, but I'm going to go out on the limb to say the Bucs win. And finally, the last game is the Golden State Warriors play the Nuggets tomorrow, I believe. The Nuggets are a five-point favorite, a 205 on the money line, and the Warriors are a plus 172. Give me your thoughts on the NBA game.
1: I'm going to have to go Nuggets. I just I don't think that the Warriors have what it takes to beat a team that just made it to the Western Conference Finals.
0: I agree with you. I'm going to take the Nuggets as well on that one. I think Jamal Murray and Jokic are too much right now without Clay on the team. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard much of out of Draymond this year, so I'm going to assume he's not playing amazing. Um, I
1: mean, there's one exception, and that's if Steph Curry just happens to drop 60 points again, which is very likely. But uh, if he he doesn't go crazy, I'm taking the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Nuggets. So you and I, we had a lot of the same picks. Uh, The only one we really differed on was the Buffalo-Baltimore game. So – Uh, tune in next week and you'll find out how you did. And then I'm assuming you don't have a game picked out for your lock of the week. I don't No, That's okay. We'll mark it down as another L for sticks, (laughs) but, uh, my lock of the week this week, you know, I'm three and one. So you might want to pay attention guys. Um, my lock of the week, I'm going to take the over under again this week on the bucks in new Orleans. The line is 51 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. Uh, I took the over last week, and they blew it completely out of the water. So, I'm trusting this to be another high-scoring game. With the spread only at three, I mean, this you're looking at a 26-26 game. So, like, 27-24 is all the score would have to be. I think somebody's definitely hitting in the 30s in this game. So, I'm going to take the over on this.
1: So. I think that's probably a good bet. I mean, based off the record,
0: too, you seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know about the overall record, but my locks. Good. <laughs> All right. That will conclude this show. Trey, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for filling in for sticks this week. Um, we will be back next week. Obviously, hopefully sticks is here. Hell, we might bring you back too. we'll just, you never know. Might we'll have to bring you back next week. <laughs> Fans let us know if you want Trey back. We'll bring him <laughs> back every week. If, if, you know, if we actually have people reach out and say they like you, you know, we might make it happen. Change the name to the stick stones and tray or something.
1: (laughs) I appreciate you guys having me sticks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I think what you guys have going is awesome. And I mean, if you guys know anything, it's about sports. So appreciate you having me.
0: Well, I don't know that we know anything, but (laughs) we, we appreciate that anyway. All right, guys, as always, if you made it this far, you're a trooper. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you know, give us your feedback. Trey, give them your uh, Twitter if they want to tell you how you did. All right. It's at
1: Trey Markham 1, T-R-E-Y-M-A-R-C-U-M.
0: All right. So give Trey some feedback. Let him know uh, whether he did good or not. Uh, D underscore rocks on D underscore rocks three on Twitter at sticks and stone sports at gmail.com. Sticks is, is sticks underscore Amsler on Twitter. Be sure, you know, we'll put the link out like we do every week. Be sure to share it. Tell your mom, tell your friends. Uh, it's available on anchor.fm slash sticks and stones sports. It's on Spotify. Sticks and So sports, Apple podcast, breaker, radio, public I'm trying to get on I Heart radio. We'll see how that goes. But as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.